welcome to the five w's review of the third episode of the series the nevers my name is aj and here for a cameo appearance is maca and we're going to take you through the events of this episode just a warning though there are a few major events during this this program and we're going to be discussing them today so this is a spoiler warning if you haven't seen the episode and you should have because it's been out for a little while now <laughs> and don't want to know what happens then don't listen to this you have been warned. <laughs> okay, let's get started. Who? The main focus of this episode is Amalia True. While there has been some focus placed on her before, this episode really tries to help us understand how she functions. What? The third episode of The Nevers? Getting towards the middle of the season now. Where? England. When? End of the Victorian era. Why? Only three more episodes to go after this. Time to pick up the pace. Okay, I'll be, we'll begin with the episode synopsis and we'll just discuss things as we go through. So the episode begins with Amalia and Penance attempting to recruit Bonfire Annie to their group. It doesn't work. And then we get some unfunny jokes about opium. Yawn. Yeah. Uh, it just didn't work. Um, they're, they're just very modern sort of jokes in the Victorian era. It's like, go away. Yeah, opium was really, really um, stigmatized back then because it was a big Chinese addiction sort of thing, a, a real problem yeah. for the Chinese community in Britain even. So, yeah. It seems they are trying to build up a will they slash won't they sexual tension mm. between Amalia and Penis. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, I picked up on that. And it, it's yeah, just like... Yeah, it's like, oh, is it forced? Is it like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, sorry, well, go on. My point is, my point is, you know, is it interesting? I'm not sure. Mm. It seems to be for titillation, though, yeah. rather than yeah. anything else. It's almost like a fetish thing. And as I say, yeah. there's a lot of that sort of thing in this show anyway. So back at the orphanage, Mary is still hesitant about using her power, telling Amalia that she is unsure of her motives. I would have thought it was clear that Amalia's motives are at least better than the motives of Malady, but whatever they need to drive the plot along, I guess. Amalia also has a checkup from Horatio, leading to a conversation where it becomes clear that Amalia and the good doctor have had some sort of sexual encounter in the past. Mm. Just keep piling on the intrigue. Yeah, eh? yeah. <laughs> Penance reveals her plan to amplify Mary's voice so all the touched of London can hear her sing. This fits into Amalia's plan to bring as many of the touch together at the orphanage as they can, mainly for their protection. Amalia is soon given more reasons to justify fears, justify her fears. At a pub, Monday meets with Swan, revealing they organized the earlier raid on the orphanage. It is also revealed at this stage that Monday and Swan have had a sexual encounter sometime in the past. Now, I was right in picking mm. up on that, wasn't I? That, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Piling on, piling on even more intrigue. Oh, my God. Mm. Uh, Mundy says that he was drunk at the time, but Swan points out that that was only during their first sexual encounter. Ooh. I, I, it, it's just, uh, it's, I wouldn't say tacky, but it's just, yeah, it's, like I say, it's, it's just for thrills and spills and titillation rather than like, 
to me is like is is everybody in the Victorian era bisexual or something? Apparently, it's apparently, just, yeah, apparently, yeah, yeah, appa- yeah. apparently. <laughs> and the and the thing is not. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, not there's anything wrong with it. It's just like oh my god, well, everybody on this show. It's well, like, come well, the on. part that mystifies me is that they're all so open about it, which mm. is which is the thing that I would have thought. I don't know. I'd have to do some research on the topic, but I I would think that have to be very um very coy about it because certainly. Um, my, you know, guys getting it on with guys was certainly um, a jailable offence back then. Mm. So, and and jail was pretty nasty. Just ask Oscar Wilde. So, uh, yeah, just just really tough. Okay. Elsewhere, Cruz is released from prison. Cruz has been languishing in jail, forgotten by everybody, including the writers, it seems, since episode one. And his release is for only one purpose, which you'll have a chance to guess at later. Yeah, I was watching that scene. It's like, where's this going? You know, but. but oh, so yeah. that's who that was. Okay. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck's sake. Sorry. It's just yeah, like, that's all right. I had no idea who that was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the Mr. Gunman. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's the thing. He, he only barely appeared in episode one towards the end and then got captured and disappeared. But anyway, uh, we have some more tedious discussions between Lord Masson and his underlings. Nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get to visit Lord Masson's home as one of those newfangled telephones is installed. Mm. A panning shot across the graveyard reveals a tombstone for his daughter, listing her as deceased. His daughter was seen being touched during episode one. Hmm. Is there more to this story? Of course there is. One of the technical dudes installing the telephone has a later scene where he finds some sort of creature locked in a basement dungeon in Lord Masson's house. Hmm. I wonder who that could be. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> mm. uh, it just, just, you know, the unsubtlety. Uh, could it be that Masson's daughter is alive and has mutated into Wolverine <laughs> or something similar? That's, that's my theory. She's going to be some, some sort of beast creature or something like that. Time will tell. Just what this show needs another mystery there we go okay horatio is ambushed and forced to heal malady's gunshot wound some more exposition as well as some more titillation literally hear about malady and amalia as well as the doctor himself penance and myrtle discover discover a flyer promoting a second orphanage claiming to be theirs so amalia and lucy investigate this is of course the orphanage seen in the last episode that the girl was lured to. Amalia and Lucy raid the fake orphanage. They are attacked by one of the mysterious masked men. Ripping off his mask, they discover that he is some sort of steampunk cyborg. And they have a really sort of like, oh, who cares sort of attitude towards it when you know, it looks like something out of Doctor Who, you know, trying to kill mm. them. You'd think they'd be like, oh my God, what's that? But they're like, yeah. whatever. And it's like, yeah, yeah, all right. They take the housekeeper prisoner who is later interrogated by Desiree and gather evidence of what has been taking place at the house. The interrogation of the housekeeper leads to Mary deciding that she will use her power to sing and southern and summon other members of the touched. Hooray. <laughs> Yay. Amalia ends up being ambushed by Odium, a touched giant who is working for the bigger king. 
This is a short battle, but I, I thought it was a really impressively shot sequence. Yeah, and actually, yeah, actually, I'll give this points. Yeah, yeah, that that was done really well. And spoilers, I, I I thought she killed him at the end, but fortunately she didn't. So we'll get to see some more of that dude, which would be good. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, they <laughs> I made missed it that bit like, too. <laughs> yeah, they made it. No, 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 no. They made it. She essentially left him for dead, and you think that's it. But mm. then later on in another episode, you find out that he's actually still alive. I don't think the writers knew oh. what they were doing. In all honesty, I think. I, I think somebody after the episode was made and said, hey, that's guy, that guy's really cool. Let's bring him back again. So, yeah, <laughs> that's not unheard of either, um, especially in the comic book world. <laughs> At the park, Mary sings her song. And just as you start to think everything is going to be okay, Mary is brutally assassinated by Cruz. Honestly, I could see this coming a mile off. You too? Yeah, yeah. I've just sort of like... So she was so open in the you know in the park, which is like yeah, well, yeah. something's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh, things things can't go that well for these guys for that long. So no, <laughs> Cruz continues shooting, injuring other people who have gathered before Mundy gets in a good shot and kills him. Devastated by the events of the evening, Amalia and the others return to the orphanage. On their return, they discover in a very with inspirational music and all that sort of stuff <laughs> that Bonfire Annie is waiting to join them with several other touched who heard Mary's song. So it wasn't all for nothing. The end of the episode. Okay, general notes. This episode definitely had slower pacing than the previous two episodes, which is okay. It picked up towards the end. I thought the last, and as I'll say later on, I thought the last 10 minutes of the episode kind of saved it a bit. You know, it's like, let's, let's get some pretty decent action in, starting from when Amalia was attacked. But it was very, very talky beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, mystery upon mystery upon mystery this show has always worked 100 110% on building up the intrigue but to be honest this show is now overloaded with mysterious events and things we don't know etc it seems to be a way to ensure that viewers keep tuning in but in mm. all honesty they need to start to process what they've been building up to in the show up to this point i'm starting to suspect that this show might not get a second season. Nothing's been said yet about, you know, anything being added or anything like that. And if this is the case, it could leave a lot of people really hanging by the end if there's still all this stuff they just don't get a chance to resolve. Some good creative and well-shot sequences, I thought. Um, A lot of nudity in the show there is just for titillation. It does little to further the plot or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's similar to the Victorian underwear stuff, just there to serve fetishes and all that sort of thing. In fact, it would be easy to strip this show of a lot of the more hardcore content and make it a fairly almost sort of G-rated show. It's 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 that True. tacked on, yeah, to, to yeah. my liking. It, it, it's, I it's, think that is trying to be like Game of Thrones. Game not, of not, Thrones. not that Game of Thrones was you know forced on us sort of thing, but it just it sort of went with the show. Yeah, Here it I, just it serves it like let's make this for adults. Let's you know let's show Wang. Let's show some boobs and you know yeah for, yeah yeah for, exactly. no, for no real reason. Yeah, and and some really graphic violence and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Where like, like I say, the storylines and all that sort of stuff, the actual concept is is really Doctor Who. So it, it it's really the, I I think they started with that as a template or certain Doctor Who stories, um, especially Talons of Wang Chiang, which is Doctor Who said in the Victorian era. Um, okay. <laughs> so I, I can see a lot of similarities. Whatever, I, I know a lot of fantasy and sci-fi stuff is derivative, but I, as, as I've said before, that it, you can really see where they borrowed a lot of stuff from. Anyway, this show could help itself 
by using some real cliffhangers. Each episode just kind of ends. And while you're left wondering what will happen next, they aren't really developing a sense of urgency in regards to watching the show. The best comparison is a series like His Dark Materials, a HBO Max show, which has some really great endings to episodes. Not really cheap or cheesy cliffhangers, but stuff that really had you wanting to watch the next episode straight away. The Nevers does not have that sort of thing, and it could really do with it. What do you reckon? I haven't seen that, um, but I... I'm, yeah, I'm just talking I, about more about The Nevers. Oh, you cliff, know. the cliffhangers? Yeah, I mean, maybe they should have just left it after... Um, sorry, I, I'm hopeless with all the names on this show. I, I call, I think, was it Mary? Is it Mary, that song, yeah. song, Songbird? Yeah. Um, uh, and, yeah, I think after she got shot and then, like, cut, and yes. then we sort of open with, you know. Yes, um, yes, that would have worked. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But, that, that, she gets shot. Everybody else is being shot at. Mm. And then you're out. Yeah, that, that would have worked 10 times. Yeah, because what? They, absolutely. They right. just sort of, yeah. as, as you said, they, yeah, they just all, all sort of walked home slightly sad. Oh, yeah. oh, and there's Bonfire um, Lady, and, and, and there's a whole heap of, you know, other yeah. touch mut mutants or whatever, however you want to call it. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah so sort of like as, yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah it's like oh oh it's inspirational yeah like i say if you want you want to you want to bring the audience back you don't just you know have everything come to a nice little conclusion like that mm. you, you cut it off midway through something just as i say because that, that's the whole purpose of cliffhangers anyway and i've always mm. enjoyed mm. them but um this show i i don't know what joss's past is like in regards to that sort of thing but it, it's a fairly basic sort of concept for a lot of lot of programs and that sort of thing I, I just think this could really really do with it but yeah where, where you say would have been the perfect spot to cut it off and just have it pick up in the next episode that would have been great mm. overall i'd give this episode three and a half w's out of five what do you reckon maca uh, i'm as i mentioned to you before i'm this show's not i'm not really a fan of this show that's okay I'll probably give it a two. I just, there's yeah. this just seems to be a lot of forced stuff and yeah, uh, two, two W's out of five for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hang it in till, to the next, was it, I've, I, I, like we said, we're halfway through. Yeah. Uh, I've got a little bit to catch up on, but uh, it, it's, I, I'm forcing myself to sort of, I want to sort of see how, where it finishes up after episode six. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know if, if it comes with another season, I don't think I'll, I'll come back. Sounds like me with Falcon and Bucky. <laughs> Seriously, by the end of the by the end of the Falcon and Bucky, it's like I don't know if I could do this again. God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so anyway, I, I've given it a fairly high mark, and it's mm. primarily because I really enjoyed the last ten to fifteen minutes of the show. If it had a if the show had have ended earlier, like around that mark, it would have got a much lower score out of me. The sh for me, the show overall is okay. Yeah. Um, but if they lifted their game, I think it could just be a lot better. I, I think it just needs a little bit more creativity, a little bit more imagination, and a little less. Let's you know rip off everything from Doctor Who and Game of Thrones. If, yeah, if they, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah I, but I, I sort of noticed like from the first episode, it was written and directed by Joss. Yes. Second episode, it was only directed by Joss. Yes. Yeah. He had. Unless, it, unless obviously he probably produced or whatever this the third episode but he didn't write he didn't direct the episode so i'm kind of have they yeah completely sort of pushed him out the door or because uh, i mean executive producing that's you know can, that's just in 
name or title sort of thing. It's not, um, yeah. you know, it's not a real role. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know because some, sometimes the executive producer can be um, showrunner, which is a person who doesn't necessarily write or direct, but just does a lot of organizing. Outline of the show, show. yeah. So true, he might have been involved at that level. I, I, I'm sure, you know, this, the whole complete, uh, the absolute full season is supposed to be 12 episodes bro broken into six episode blocks. So I'm sure he probably wrote at least a synopsis from start to finish sort of thing, unless, mm, he, was, mm. unless he was being foolish and some writers certainly are sometimes so i'm sure he had it all plotted out as to where it was going to go and that sort of stuff because it makes sense because if, if you're going to have all of these mysteries and all that sort of stuff you've got to have some sort of payoff worked out otherwise it blows up in your face so yeah i i, I suspect that i i don't know i it'd be interesting to look at um the um production of this series and key it into when um, he was getting in trouble for what happened with Justice True, League yeah. and, and see is like, okay, at this point, they must have decided they were going to just really wrap him out of the show or something like that. Because I don't know, it, it, that's my speculation as, as to what probably has happened. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure by, by the end, he was just having less and less to do with it and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. If, if the first episode was completely him and this third episode is not completely him, I think I prefer the third episode of the first. So, you know, if he was if he was planning on having <laughs> if he was planning on having the whole series work at the same pace at the first as the first episode, I think I would have been out by now. I think I would have said, screw it, it's just too much. Yeah. But you know, even though they are still laying on the mysteries and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, we're just we're just gonna have to wait and see. But I, I found it interesting as well. If you, you know, things like plot points they introduced in episode two, which was that glowing orb thing they found underground or whatever it was. Um, didn't appear in episode three. And guess what? Spoilers, it didn't appear in episode four either. So oh, I haven't watched that yet. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know what I mean? Oh, well. when, it, yeah. when it's like, okay, we're going to introduce this major thing, but you're going to have to wait till the end of the season now to see more of that. And it's like, what the fuck? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's about pacing and that sort of stuff. Anyway, I think we'll wrap it up there. So thank you everybody for listening. Thanks I for letting me join in on this one. That's all right. Happy to have the company. <laughs> How good it's just good to have somebody to bounce off, man, in Victorian <laughs> England while we've got our clothes on. Anyway, <laughs> okay then. Um, well, thanks for thanks for listening, everybody. We'll put up the next podcast soon. Thanks for your time. Catch you later. Bye.